BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To the Zephyr song. This is Are You Talking RHCP Re Me? The comprehensive and encyclopedia compendium of all things Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is good punk, funk, rock and roll uh, music. Welcome to the show. Episode one of Are You Talking RHCP Re Me? Uh, we are going to the new show, by the way, we are going to be talking about the band that you heard a little bit of that (laughs) melody from some call them the peps, some call them the Pepsi AC, some call them the chili peps, some call them the red hot chili peps, some call them the hot chili peps, some call them the chili peppers. Some call them the hot chili peppers. Some call them the red hot chilies. Some call them the red chili peppers. Some call them the hot reds. But of course, we're talking about the red hot chili peppers. New show, uh, and I want to make sure for any of you who have not heard our previous shows, you know exactly who's talking. Uh, I am, of course, Scott Ackerman. You... I have heard me on such podcasts as Comedy Bang Bang and Freedom. Uh, He directed a movie, the Between Two Ferns movie. I had a TV show. But let me introduce to you a man who has far more credits on IMDb. Do you think you have more credits or just better credits? Can I say both? Is that that an answer? (laughs) Should I look up? The number of credits that that we each have, you think you have more. I I would say, you know, we've both been kicking around this business we call show for a few years, right? And so sure. I would imagine we're around the same, don't you think? Possibly, although you got your, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure you got Taft Hartley way earlier than I did. I don't know. When did you? I think I got Taft Hartley for Just Shoot Me back in 1999, I want to say. No, because that's not correct, because you were on uh, Mr. Show. I was on Mr. Show, but I don't know whether that was a SAG 
show or whether that just made of me SAG eligible. Was. Oh, you know of what? What was. was I was ta- I okay, I do remember now. And I'll introduce you in a second. I was Taft Hartley for a industrial film that I that I made. Is that what they called them? Industrial films? They were like commercials for companies. I never understood what those were and never got one. So they just were called industrials. Yeah, I remember that. I remember auditioning for them, but I never participated. My audition was was it was basically a lot of physical comedy that I had to do on a golf course. And I walked into this hotel room. And they said, so uh, can you do a pratfall? And I like slipped and fell onto the couch and they went, ha ha, okay, great, you're hired. Like it was the easiest audition I'd ever had. I was Taft Hartley for it. And then I got onto the golf course and it was like an all day thing where I'm supposed to just like, they gave me a bunch of situations like, okay, now fall into the lake and stuff like that. Like try to hit the ball and, and break your club and stuff like that. And I just remember the palpable feeling of disappointment they had in me the entire shoot, <laughs> which <laughs> seemed like every every job I took, everyone was so disappointed in me. But like every time you would do a pratfall, they would just be like, huh, okay. Yeah. It's just sort of like- Yeah, hmm. just sort of like, well, what? Okay, but uh, well, maybe you could, you know- the thing of not ne- the the one thing that that I learned as a as a director from being on the other side of the camera is people want to hear like good job after a first take you know of so course. you don't feel like a failure <laughs> like so no matter what anyone does even if you want to you know to improve or uh, improve it or whatever you just say like ha oh man that was so funny great 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 and then let that settle for a while and then go, hey, what if on this one we did this? Anyway, I had none of that during my industrial, but I was Taft-Hartley for that, which meant that I was able to be on Mr. Show, you're right. And then I feel like there was something there was something with that Just Shoot Me where maybe I was behind in my dues or something and I needed to pay them. I can't remember what it was. Uh, you had to like rejoin. Yeah. Anyway, you can see my performance in that Just Shoot Me on uh, YouTube, I believe, uh, or if you have the the DVD box sets. But uh, you can see his performances in several DVD box sets, I would imagine, uh, one of them being Parks and Recreation, which, where is that streaming, by the way? Uh, Peacock? That is on uh, Netflix, bro. How long before it goes over to Peacock? I don't know. When does Peacock start? I think it already did, my man. Did it really? It did, yeah. Um, But uh, you know him from several things. He played... uh, Joe something in Parks and Recreation. I can't remember his character name. As that show fades from all of our collective memories, uh, I'm sure you'd be hard-pressed to find... how. Uh, what percentage of the population remembers your character name, would you say? Of the population of the United States. I'll just give you the United States. The, the, <laughs> the population of the United States? I would say probably only like 80, 85%. <laughs> probably 80. So that 15 that knew it, even four years ago, including myself, they're just it's been you know it's been a good four years. It's been since, uh, oh, it's Ben. Yes, Ben. That was your character name. It's been four years. His been, name was Ben. Four years. You made people do the bare naked ladies. It's Ben. Anytime that you walked into the frame, right? It's Ben. Uh, please welcome my co-host Adam Scott is here. Hello, Adam. Hi. Anything you want to say? Uh, you mean in general or just about? our new endeavor here. Uh, first of all, let's start off uh, uh, in a macro sense globally, and then we'll get to locally about our endeavor here. But is there anything generally you want to say? Um, nothing. Do you want to say hello to anyone, perhaps? I mean, I, I guess I, 
I guess I could. What do you think? I think it would be a nice treat for people. I mean, uh, uh, a treat, people, a treat, huh? Like you ever, you ever give your dog, have you ever given your dog a treat? You have a new, a new puppy. Yeah. Have you, you know, ever given crazy. them a treat? It's, this is such a coincidence because just yesterday I gave, uh, both of my dogs treats. Just yesterday? Wait a minute. Is this another episode of just yesterday? Yes, it is. Hey everyone, welcome to Just Yesterday. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And welcome to our second episode of Just Yesterday. And we're talking about things that happens not necessarily past the stroke of midnight uh, today. Uh, anything from 12.01 a.m. to the current time today, out of bounds, off limits. Yeah, no, or also, can I just jump in here? Nothing sure, that please. happened day before yesterday either. That is off the table. That That is off the table. And you know what? <laughs> Don't get me started on things that are going to happen tomorrow. Because this no. is not some sort of psychic fortune-telling show. Yeah, what do you think this is? The the psychic hotline? What do no, you think this, this is? The uh, 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 Miss Cleo? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's really funny. Um, but uh, what we are talking about is things that happened anywhere from... 12.01 yesterday a.m. to the stroke of midnight yesterday. So 11.59 and 59 seconds. That's, Somewhere around there. We'll take that anything. That is the last possible moment. Last possible moment. If it, if it is at midnight, maybe you could squeak in. I, I mean, we, it's, a, it's a judgment call. We'll have to no, go to the judges this is, I know you're much looser on this than I am. I'm I draw a hard line. If you're doing something in activity from say 11:59 through 12:03, you can only talk about the portion of that activity that took place until 11:59 and 59 seconds. The, the the rest of that activity, you have to wait until the next episode of just yesterday to talk about <laughs> the completion. <laughs> and you know what? If you miss Look, I know this is only our second episode and our previous episode was so long ago. Yeah. If you miss your window, you miss your window. If something interesting happens and we don't do an episode the next day, well, I'm sorry. Forget start it. your own podcast. Yeah, really. Start your own Just Yesterday podcast and watch us uh, crush you. What? Well, yeah, watch us fucking take you to court because my dad is a lawyer. That's right. And you know what? You you may be getting a letter from us uh, and it's not fan mail, okay? <laughs> oh, no. You'll know it's a letter from us. You know how? How's that? It'll look a lot like a subpoena. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever had subpoenas, Envy? Well, you're going to have it now because uh, we're we're serving one of those bad boys straight to you if you even fucking try it. We will litigate. We will end your life through suing. Through the courts. We're not going to murder you. No, we're not going to no, go no, to jail no. for this. I don't give a shit that much about we you. We are much more clever than that. We will starve you out. By suing you until you, you're bled dry. We will trap you in a cave with limited rations and starve your ass out. We will sue you until you, you're living on the streets. We will sue you until your balls drop to where they are scraping on the fucking ground. We will sue you 
until you can't even afford your own toes. We will sue you, take all of your money, and then buy other money with it, and then wave it in your face like, this isn't your original money, this is other money that we exchanged it for at a fucking bank. That's right. We will sue you, take that cash, and go buy ancient cash, other forms of currency. Buffalo nickels. Buffalo, we will spend all of our money on buffalo nickels and then just show them off in front of Rare 1919 pennies, like the 1919D penny. Yeah, those are great. I love those. What a great coin. Wait a minute. Is this an episode of Great Coin? Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Great Coin. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just talking about great coin here. I mean, there's uh, so so much to choose from in the world. There are so many good-looking coins. Uh, I mean, I'm just talking about America. You ever see one of those Susan B's? Oh, man. It's one of my top 25 favorite coins. Let's list them. Susan B. Anthony's. What number? That's number 17 for me. Why didn't you say top 17, then? Well, I, I, I like a good, solid, odd number, 25. I like things that are divisible uh, that you can throw into 100 because 100 is my f- favorite number. Oh, okay. Do you have a 100 top favorite coins? I have I have thousands of favorite coins. I'm wow. we're just talking about the top 25 or top 17 if you want. That's an odd number. But I just can't div- – it's not divisible into 100, and I yeah. like 100. Yeah, okay. All right. So uh, uh, Susan B is 17. Yeah. How about you? What's your number 17? My, I only have one favorite coin. I don't see a lot of coins, honestly. Yeah. I have, I like Wh- a dime. Which one? Oh, yeah. Dime's really good. We, uh, what era? What do you mean? Like what period of time uh, when that dime came off the assembly line at the U.S. Mint uh, Treasury, the beautiful building? How uh, can you even tell? I don't, I don't know. What do you mean? Well, there's a date on... On the coin, uh, any coin, any currency, uh, American currency, there is a date on there. You can you, you so you know exactly when this uh, coin or bill, huh. what have you, was produced. It uh, well, let US me get Treasury. out my let me get out my dime collection. No, How many dimes no, do you have these days? Thousands of dimes. I love dimes. Yeah. None of these have. I mean, these are all standard issue dimes. They're silver. They're round. They have a hole in the middle. Um, they attach to huh. screws and and lug nuts and oh yeah 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 those th- those actually are not dimes those are washers uh, used for kind of just hand- handy around the house stuff like I used a washer the other day I was mounting something on the wall these aren't dimes those are not dimes you would not be able to to spend those in uh, uh, like huh. a dime store for instance you know what I realized something. I, What's up? I hate coins. Yeah, me too. I shouldn't be hosting this podcast. Nah, me neither. All right, this is the last episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks, bye. Bye. Weird how he said, I'll see you next time when they essentially yeah, they ended, ended the show. The show. Yeah, but good coin. Always good. And here's this is poor little poor little out for good coin. That was a great show. That was a great show. R.I.P. Rest in power. Good coin. Yeah. But we are here uh, talking about things that happened just yesterday, of course. And uh, good coin 
Luckily, they recorded that just yesterday, so it fits in within yeah. our show. Um, Otherwise, it w- we wouldn't have broadcast it. But Adam, you were you were saying before we started that you you had a funny story about something that happened just yesterday. Just yesterday, uh, actually, my daughter made some homemade dog treats. Uh, and homemade the, dog treats. Homemade dog treats, and the dogs love them. And let me let me guess. What do you have around your house? Uh, caviar, uh, gold leaf. Yeah, gold probably leaf, truffles. Gold leaf caviar. Um, it's all we eat is gold leaf caviar, uh, truffles, and we also have some truffle pigs in the mm. in the backyard that you slaughter uh, to dig up the truffles. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're just dig- oh, they're digging pigs. They're digging pigs, but we of course slaughter them uh, immediately after they find after they dig find up the truffles. Them. And do you hide? Do you hide the truffles, and then they just find them, and then you slaughter the pigs? Give them a little. Yeah, they're actually they're not truffles like the the mushroom type. Oh, uh, they, they're not uh, the the organic are, material. Chocolate. They're truffles? chocolate truffles. Oh, we, so we you bury oh. them in the ground, and then the pigs find them, and then you the slit their throats. Them. That's right. Do you do, That's are right. they kosher? Do you do them upside down so the blood drains or? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, no. You don't want that kosher shit. We can't. We can't. We just don't have the, the time. We don't have the. I facilities. mean, you have a, you have a slaughterhouse at your place, but you can't, you can't convert it to just being kosher. I could, but who wants to do that? Yeah, I understand. Anyway, how are those treats? Uh, they were really good and the dogs love them love them and yeah. so just yesterday i um or we rather gave each dog i think one or two of them and they slurped them right up loved them so they ate them essentially yeah they ate them <laughs> so they uh, they they took them in their mouths chewed them up Chew- swallowed well, digested yeah. i mean i wasn't in there uh but i would imagine they did in a where? bit of chewing before in the mouth so I could. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's I hard to get in there. Speak to. It is, and uh, and it's just not big enough for me to fit in there. Honestly, the bigger the the biggest dog that exists, probably Clifford. I would say. Yeah, Clifford's huge. The big red dog. He's huge. huge. I don't. I don't think I could even fit in his mouth. I, th- I think you could. Well, it depends on how big he is, because you know Clifford uh, grows through the at least the Clifford story that I know. He starts sure. as. Uh, one size any anyway he's continually growing over the course of all the books i yes i know this that's right uh, i i know everything about uh, clifford lore i mean everyone knows well that sounds like it was a a a great great time oh it was great it was great and when did wait but when did this happen just yesterday we'll see you next time thanks bye bye I mean, solid for a second app, you know, the sophomore yeah, slump long, has not it visited. It was long, but I mean, a lot of people like that. For, for some reason, people like long rambling podcasts. <laughs> Directionless, <laughs> mildly offensive. <laughs> sure. Um, well, that's, yeah. Why were we talking about treats? You were saying to, uh, that I should treat something? Uh, no, that, uh. That dimes are a treat? Is that what it was? No, no. Dimes were in our other show. <laughs> I forget why, but yeah, it was... Uh, oh, eh, I can't remember. Anyway. Me, 
Me neither. We were likening something to dog treats. Maybe Ryan could could tell us. I, nah, you know what? I don't think I don't it matters. Voice. I don't think it matters because you know what matters? What matters is what we're here to talk about, and that is a little rock and roll combination. A four-piece, if I may be so bold, and I believe I can. Uh, what what four-piece combination? What do you mean? We, uh, we're talking about a, a band, a rock and roll band. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Great. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here to talk about a little band by the name of... Should I go through all the names again? No, I think you settled on the right one. Yeah, the right one, uh, like officially that I believe is on all of their contracts when they're signing their multi-million dollar record deals. They're huge record deals and tour deal deals for tours. I'm sure they've signed a couple of those. Yeah, deals for tours. Certainly their backstage writers, I believe, have this name absolutely, absolutely. somewhere on those those pages. Maybe they shorten it occasionally um, uh, to some of the other names I said, but I believe at least once per contract, you need to get the entire full name. And that Can is Can I just name... jump in here real quick, Scott? Yeah, please. Um, yeah, please do. After you announced the name of the band, uh, I was just going to let you know, again, after you announce. Sure. I'm not going to do it now, but after you announce, I'm going to let you know what I call them. Oh, this is a treat for our first episode? Yeah, well, just, wow. you know, to both save time and just sort of my knee-jerk name for this band uh, isn't, uh, I don't say the full name, I, I shorten it, uh, but go oh, ahead. Okay, all right, well, well that uh, uh, sounds weird, but uh, I guess on the other it side is. of this, it's we'll weird. find it. It's weird, okay. Um, all right, well, this is a band by the name of The... Red Hot Chili Peppers! Ah. Now, Adam, don't leave me hanging. Don't leave my cock swinging in the wind. Whoa, okay. Hit me. What do you call this band? I, just like a, as a, I guess it's an, you could, it qualifies as a nickname, and it's just something, hmm. if it rolls off the tongue pretty easily for me, I don't know about you, sometimes I just call them the Chili Peppers. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Right? That's like half of their name, although technically it's more like two-thirds of their name because of the syllables involved. No, you're right. And believe me, if someone doesn't know what I'm talking about, I'm quick to jump in there and clarify. The red hot chili peppers is not a big deal. Let's role play that a little bit. Why don't you... Sure. Yeah, I'll be a person uh, uh, that you just met. Oh, okay. We'll say this is a party and we're just meeting for the first time. Sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, okay. Yeah, no, I'll talk to you later. Excuse me, sir. <clears throat> Hello. You Hi. seem interesting. Thank you. I am interesting. My name is Adam. What is your name? My name is Rod. Hi, Rod. Where are you from? Rochester. Chili Peppers. What? Sorry? Who? Where are you from? I thought you were going to tell me where you were from. Rochester. Chili Peppers. What? Sorry? What? Who? Chili. Oh, I'm sorry, Rod. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. That makes sense. Goodbye. Bye. That was a good interaction between those guys. Yeah, that's how it usually goes. Mm. And um, so just, I, I'm not saying that's what we have to call them for this this new show. I don't know. I don't know whether I can get there, if you know what I mean. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. And that's why I'm leaving it you know optional it's open-ended at this point like if I, if eventually i can wrap Absolutely. my brain around it i will call Absolutely. them the chili peppers all right well i don't know i mean 
I gotta say, I'm a big, big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. The Red uh-huh. Hot Chili Peppers fan, and I've uh-huh. never heard anyone shorten it like that. But sure. So it's a little strange. I don't know whether I can sort of figure it out, but we'll see. We'll see over the course of this show. I hear you, and no worries uh, either way. I'm, I'm. I'm Thank fine. you. That's so nice. So you're okay, no matter what, where I land on this. Either way, yes. Okay, that's nice to know. Um. This is a show about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and this is an ongoing podcast we're doing. Is that right? It sure is. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? This is not a one-off joke. Oh, uh, no. I mean, what do, should we? Do, why do you? Why is this the band? Maybe we should talk about that. Why? Yeah, let's like, talk. Let's talk about uh, this band that I have always called the Chili Peppers. Um, let's talk about them. Well, I've always called them that, but that's fine. Well. I don't know about you, but do people often throw bands at you of other bands that would be good for a podcast? Here's what happens. Most people think of a name first. Right. So we get a lot of Talking Heads requests because of our previous names. You talking U2 to me. Are you talking R.E.M. Me has talking in those titles. So I, we get a lot of you talking, talking heads, you heads, talking, talking heads, stuff like that. Yeah. Most people think of the title first and then the band that they want to hear is seems secondary interesting all right see you next time bye <laughs> oh, wait no we still have more to do <laughs> um you, it seemed like you had a point though no i mean i just feel like there's a lot of options we've had radiohead thrown at us we've had the stroke i've had the strokes the other day thrown at me like literally you were stroking thrown. it the other day but we felt like this was a great band because they're, you know, it's a long story as far as like the, you know, the band story. And there's a lot of ups and downs and uh, ins and outs, if you know what I mean. Uh, I I mean, and they sing about those ins and outs. And we'll be uh, uh, talking about that a little later in the show. Um, yeah, some bands, uh, look, we realize this will be a divisive choice. Yeah. <laughs> At best. Um, but some bands like, uh, let's take Radiohead, big fan Radiohead, probably seen them more times than any other band, except maybe the Vandals. Cause I'm friends with the Vandals, but they, they, they don't, not a lot, uh, went on behind the scenes with them. Yeah. Not, not high drama. Kind of boring guys and boring in a good way of where they seem, if not happy, they seem comfortable with their success and they go out and they make good records and they tour and they have fun. Nice people. Nice people. Don't know whether that's interesting to talk about necessarily. Not exactly. Uh, what What's the the behind the music material sure. for the, uh, uh, Radiohead? From Video Hits, uh, Video Hits 1. Do you remember that station? It was a cable channel. Yeah, I, I loved that station. <laughs> remember behind the music was a big deal. It was oh, a bit. I mean, when uh, it was such a ratings hit that when you got one, it was like, yes, we, it was like getting an unplugged or something. Like I you know. know. And it started out as like, Motley Crue and bands like that that have yeah, it all started, these scandals. It started out as just like cheap programming that yeah. VH1 could use like old clips, you know, that they'd had lying around and cobble them together and go, hey, behind the music, here's a documentary about a band. But then it became like a big, I mean, I don't like to say this a lot, but a BFD. Yeah, a big fudging deal. That's right. So did you ever get one made of you? I did. And it was really weird. It was strange because you, Scott? I had one made of me and it was it was a weird episode because within the first I have to say 60 75 seconds 
they admitted that I don't have any records out and have yeah. don't play music. And then they just, it was kind of like a combination of me staring at the camera and going, uh, what, what? And then saying, I don't, well, I don't know. And I think we all just kind of like realized about a minute, a minute and a half in that it it was going nowhere, but we had to fill the hour because they'd sold all the commercials at that point. You understand. Oh yeah. You remember in Parks and Rec when they would come to you and go, it was usually about, from what I can tell on a normal show, you tape one episode a week. About day three, day four, the network will come to you and go, guys, we sold all the commercials for this episode. And then yeah. everyone on the casting crew would applaud. And then yeah. some days it gets down to the wire where it's like coming up. I mean, you guys were on Thursday at 8.30 sometimes. They, they mm-hmm. like it. 805 or something you'd get that call like okay okay we sold all the commercials and we would all start clapping all start clapping some i mean and then there are those weeks where it's like you filmed day one three hours and suddenly they come and go you're, you're never gonna guess we sold them all and then you can just coast that week and the episode doesn't have to be good you know so you guys try less hard which episodes yeah. were those the ones where we didn't try hard yeah can you name one? Uh, no, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so in any case, uh, behind the music, I mean, uh, for Red Hot, the Red Hot Chili Peppers would be insane. So much happened to this band, right? Yeah. And what about your like feelings? How Are you a fan? Have you been a fan for a long time? I mean, are you, are you trying? I think what you're trying to ask me, probably, if I had to guess is when did I hear of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? That's right. That's what I'm trying to get to. That's what I'm digging for. Well, I would say just come out and say it. Don't be a coward and just say it. You know what? You're right. Scott, when did you first hear of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I would say I first heard of the Red Hot Chili Peppers probably in 1984, maybe 1985. I saw the video for True Men Don't Kill Coyotes on probably video one. The Richard Blade hosted a video show that was an hour here in California on KCAL 9. Yeah. Um, And I remember, if I remember that video correctly, gosh, I'm just going to take a stab. They were shirtless. (laughs) (laughs) Was that their first video? That was their first video, yes. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's an interesting name, first of all. I uh, it, Back in the early 80s, if you had like a weird name, it would get a lot of attention, you know, like Wall of right. Voodoo or, you know, something, you know, bands up to then. Had Oingo been like, Boingo. Yeah, Oingo Boingo, the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Bands up till then had been the Eagles, the Strokes. Yeah. You know, the strokes have been around since yeah. like the late 70s. Death from Above 1979. That was a band that came out in the early 80s, and you were like, what an interesting name. Okay. So the Chili Peppers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers come along, and you're like, hey, what's this name? Huh. I look, I might call them just the Chili Peppers. I remember thinking that to myself. I made a little note. I to love myself it. In my diary, I said, remember this. Um, but I remember thinking like, eh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I will say, let's hear a little, first of all, let's hear a little bit of that, uh, song. This is, uh, from their debut album, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is True Men Don't Kill Coyotes, Coyotes. First song on the album. First song on the album. Uh, let's hear a little bit of it here. 
almost like you sang hoorah, like Al Pacino. So it's kind of, it's not like a lot of alternative music at the time. Alternative music. No, that slapping bass was not, it's not something you were hearing all the time. Should we talk about the members? Yeah, we should probably jump into the members. The ever-revolving. Yes. That's another great thing about this band is there's this, this long epic story about the, the They've had so the many band. guitarists. Um, let's talk about yes. the two who have been there in every incarnation. Slapping that bass, of course. You heard him uh, on the four string just moments ago. We're, of course, talking about Fleek. Fleek is the best. Incredible. Well, yeah, and uh, that would you say, and listen, I'm going to say something controversial here, and mm. you can react. I want to hear your okay, your real I'm reaction. Just, I'm going to try to calm down yours. first. I'm sitting just down. Breathe. Don't worry. Okay, go ahead. Hit me. Would you say that his bass playing is the signature sound of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, fuck you. I know. It's a weird you. thing to say. Fuck you, dude. See, fuck I, you. This is why I wanted you to calm Get down before I brought out of my this up. Get the fuck out of my face right now. This, this is, is just, just fucking let, bullshit. Just let this it out. Bullshit. Let it out. This is we fucking... We will get there. This is... Oh God, I'm just so Scott, angry about this. Scott, Scott God. look at me. Scott, look, look what at if me. what if you didn't say that and I, I said something different? Uh, you know what? I'm just going to accept it. Okay. okay. Yeah, you're right. See? Thank you. And thank you for being honest. I tried to go through all the stages of, of grief during that, but I may have forgotten what in Dabda, it goes, uh, denial, anger, bargaining. Then what's the D after that? Um, denial. I'd said denial, didn't I? That's the did. first one. <laughs> um, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, I tried to go through them all, but I forgot that D. Um, and hey. Forgetting that D. <laughs> speaking of somebody who never forgets about that D, Adam Scott is here. <laughs> um, so uh let's all let's talk about the <clears throat> the guy on um uh, he carries a microphone with him on uh, everywhere at, he goes ev everywhere he goes and he never forgets during a uh, a red hot chili peppers performance um he is he sings he raps what else Pro he uh, shakes well, his he little sings butt and raps i think he that's a pretty apt description he shakes his little he butt though songs you, sure he writes songs yeah on his when he's not on stage it'd be kind of weird if he was writing songs while he was on the stage i well, guess he could you, during you sound didn't say you didn't say you said he carried a microphone you said he sings and raps you didn't mention that he sings and raps into that microphone oh that's true yeah he does most of that most of the time sometimes i will say you'll see a red hot chili peppers concert and he'll be singing and rapping and you'll go dude Dude, pick up your microphone. Do it inside that. It will amplify your voice. And he's like, oh, shit. Sorry. Thanks. Sh sorry. Sorry, everyone. And then he apologizes and goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's talk about him, though. Of course, we're talking about on lead Vokes, Anthony Kitties. <laughs> All right. Those two guys between Fleek and Kitties, they are in every incarnation of the band every record features those guys prominently uh occasionally whomever mixes those records and i don't even know who they are will turn up anthony's vocals so you can hear them and occasionally he'll turn down those vocals so you and turn up that bass 
So you can hear that bass. That's right. Because sometimes <laughs> you just got to hear that bass. You got to hear it. Uh, I, I, there's so many songs I'll be listening to and I'll be like, wait a minute. Where's that bass? Yeah, got to hear that bass. Got to hear that bass. It's all about that bass. It's all about that bass. Anyway, those two guys are in every, every version of the Would band. you say they are the core of the band? I don't know that I would go that far. That seems... The constant? Uh, I wouldn't even say that. Oh, um, all right. I would probably... Seems like by definition, they it's are. Pretty dicey, right. ma- pretty dicey material there. I'd probably stay away from that. I wouldn't touch that with okay. a 10-foot pole, probably. Oh, Jesus. All right. But I'm a six foot three pole. So, uh, hey, we'll see. <laughs> That's really funny. That was a Lenny um, and Squiggy joke, I believe, on, on an episode of Laverne and wow. Shirley. Wow. <laughs> I believe my our, our good friend, Michael McKeon, who I, by the way, would love to have on this show. If, yeah. If, if, if what better guest on a show devoted to the Red Hot Chili Peppers than Michael McKeon, member of Spinal no, Tap? No, no better guest. No doubt we would want him on this show. 100%. Worked with him a couple of times. Could not be uh, a more generous uh, performer as an actor. Did, did he do Bang Bang? He did an episode of Bang Bang. He played Zeus. Uh, I also worked with him on Mr. Show. He played a substitute teacher in a sketch. Uh, those, those two working work experiences were, I, if I had to say they were 18 years apart, 17 years apart, something like that. And I tell you, we picked right back up where we started. He walked in and I was like, all right, sir, action. And then he acted and I said, all right, cut. And he left. And it was just amazing. I thought you were going to say you picked up right where you left off with, hi, I'm Scott Ackerman. <laughs> no, he, uh, uh, he he is a great guy. Uh, uh, and, I worked uh, with him once on, um, do, do you remember me telling you about the Tom Selleck sitcom called The Closer that I had like two Oh, yeah, on? we've talked. By the way, is this an episode of Talking About Keen? Oh, Yeah. Everyone, welcome to Talking About Keen. This is Scott. And this is Scott. I think I threw an extra syllable in that title. You did, talking about. <laughs> talking about Keen. Which is n- not the title of the show. It's, no, talking, it's talking about Keen. About Keen. Um, and we're just talking about uh, uh, one of the world's greatest actors, Michael McKeon. Great comedian, great actor, great person, I would say. Great, great performance as always. Even on Better Call Saul, he's excellent. Even on that. A show that you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even think on that, that you wouldn't think anyone would be good on that <laughs> on on one of the best dramas on television right now. You wouldn't expect anyone. You wouldn't, to be good. You'd expect to just turn that show on and see someone taking a dump, but no. Yeah. So I was on this this show, The Closer. I think that's what it was. And yeah, he was at craft service and I was like, I'm going to go wait, wait to was Mike. he acting on the show or did he just go by craft service? He, he was just hanging out at craft service. <laughs> he was acting on the show and oh, fuck. Is that the show? I think that's the show. And do you want me to look up your craft service? Yeah. See if he did a guest spot. Otherwise it was some other job, but I kind of sidled up next to him nervously. And, and I, and I said, uh, this he is like did you know right not. Now, he didn't ever. He was never on the closer. I'm gonna look up Michael McKeon and Adam Scott. We should Nothing. have been on the same episode of The Closer. I'm telling you. Michael McKeon, Adam Scott. And you know who else was on that episode was uh Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> 
He said, yeah, it says he was on it. Arthur Wilhaven for two episodes. His his Wikipedia says he was on there it. There you go. Arthur, were you on that show all the time or something? No, I, I had one. You had one of his two episodes you were in? Yeah, and um, I had like two lines and the whole thing got cut. What were your lines? Do you remember? It's like, hey. Uh, uh, no. Um, <laughs> it's not even on my, It's I'm not even on the IMDb for it because Whoa. it. Because you were cut out. Because I was cut out. That's interesting. You should you should try to occasionally you can petition IMDB to add you to something if you were cut out. You know what? I'm gonna sue. Yeah. Hetty Barres is the name of the girl who that that's the the woman who played his daughter, mm. and I was like her punk rock boyfriend. <laughs> Wait, um, did you have did you have a? Let's see. I was watching the terminator the other day and uh there are a bunch of punks at the beginning that arnold schwarzenegger steals their leather jacket from all their clothes because he's naked at the top yeah and one of them is bill paxton and it's so funny because he has the spiky, oh, yeah. the spiky hair and everything yeah, yeah. it's like if you were playing a punk in it did you have the spiky hair did you have the multicolored? i remember thinking the punk rock like outfit they chose was super lame and and i because it Told was them very that. much a sitcom version of a punk right. rocker. It was like the Chips in, punk episode. Yeah, but like in 1997 or whenever this was. So it was yeah. way lamer. And Did you tell them that? And that's, that's why I was they... like, hey, do you think, uh, is this supposed to be like a punk rocker? Is that what this is? And and they didn't want me to say, talk at all. Um <laughs> But I remember being like, oh, my God, I'm working with Michael McKean, even though we weren't in any scenes or anything. And remember those early days when you're like, you know what? I'm an actor. He's an actor. We have that in common show together. He now we're on the same level so I can go talk to Michael McKean and he's going to be psyched to talk to me because I'm and not that he out of I I will say out of. A lot of people I've worked with, he probably would have been. He's yeah. he's one of those guys who's so generous and so nice to all the other actors that I I bet he would have been very uh, engaged in your conversation at least. I'm while sure it was he happening. would have been if I was. He didn't a punch you in the fucking face <laughs> and and not such a lamo because <laughs> I think I just went up to him at craft service and said, so. Uh, I really, really like the big picture. Um, really, just a great movie. Uh, you know, like I was trying to find like the obscure sure. performance instead of, of maybe like going up to him and going like, tap. yeah, like you're amazing in Spinal Tap. You know, something yeah. that he would go, oh, okay. But instead, you're just picking something that he was. It wasn't even his movie, his creation. No, and it's like a dramatic role of right. his, and he's excellent, of course. But right. But I, he was just like, oh, thank you very much. And just kept kind of like trolling for snacks. And uh, and that was that was the entire interaction. Wow. Yeah. Not not bad, though. Not the worst interaction you've ever had with other celebrities when you were a oh, young not, person. Not even close. Steven Toblowski was the other person in that episode. Oh, really? How was he? And How's he, Toblowski? To cool. how I, you like I me asked now. him about Mississippi Burning because I love that movie. He because anyway, I'm not going to go into why he's so great in Mississippi Burning, but 
he sat down and talked to me for like half an hour about Mississippi Burn. Really? What a guy. It was really cool. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway. Anyway, um, look, I could talk about Michael McKean stories all day. Uh, the concerts I saw him at. Uh, after the Mr. Show where I would wave high at him and he would wave high at me back. But look, we're out of time on this episode. We got to go. We'll see you next Wait, time. Wait, what Thanks. concerts? Uh, let's see. I saw him at an Elvis Costello concert. Wow. Got a, and you got a wave. I got a little wave. I, well, it was right after the Mr. Show too. So I was like, hey, remember me, Mr. Show? And he's like, hey. And we chatted for a bit. Uh, also, the 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 woman that i was with knew him as well so uh got a little bit of runoff from her i would think listen between the two of us we've got some solid keen time <laughs> look man i i don't beyond maybe christopher guest and bob odenkirk i don't know who has more keen time than we do Certainly not like the average Joe on the street. And until Bob Odenkirk and Christopher Guest or Harry Shearer start a podcast about him, right now we're the only ones. That's right. All right, we'll see you next time on Talking About Keen. Bye. Meet you in the morning when you Pretty solid. I think it... Yeah. The story about the craft service kind of started off very tantalizing and then went nowhere in my opinion but sort of like yeah terrible story sort of like how, how you know how serial uh the first podcast got its hooks into everyone and everyone's like oh gosh wow amazing and then at the end it was like really um it was a lot like that yeah it was it was it was exactly like that because the massive popularity of cereal. massive popularity look if you're comparing talking about keen to serial it's in good company. That's right. That's right. Um, why were we talking about <laughs> about Keen? Michael McKean. <laughs> why were we talking about him? Well, we were talking about him because uh, he's shit. in Spinal Tap. Oh, he'd be great on the show. He'd be he'd a great be great guest. on the show. He would be great on the show. So, Michael, <laughs> look, someone's going to tag you. I'm sure. I believe you follow me on Twitter. Someone will tag you. Say, hey, you got you got to get on this show. I just want to talk chili peppers with you, dude. I, I'll bet this guy, this guy has a thing. I think he say. has a few opinions about the chili peppers. Believe uh, you me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So how do you feel about the chili peppers in general? I know uh, I had a conversation with our mutual friend, Tall John, uh, maybe two years ago where we were talking about the chili peppers it was kind of a, a test run for this show that we're doing. You mean like between the two of you, just talking about them, seeing how that would go? Yeah, we were talking RHCP to each other, and we both admitted that even though they are not certainly in vogue, stereo gum or pitchfork, they're probably going to slam whatever they're doing these days. We, we both admitted that... Uh, we grew up liking them, have a fondness for them, still enjoy listening to them, uh, much to the uh, bemused eye-rolling of our uh, uh, each other's wives. Uh, his wife will roll her eyes at me, and my wife will roll her eyes at him. Of course. Um, and uh, we, we're still, look, we still like listening to them. What about you? Yeah, it's sort of the same that like I got on board at Blood Sugar Sex Magic when they became a huge band and have 
kind of been in. I guess and out what I'm asking is when did you when did you first hear of Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, uh, when did I first hear of them? Uh probably around the same time you did. I remember my friend Kemper, his sister would go see them down at the Civic Auditorium in Santa Cruz. And so I would we were like in the second grade or something and we would go with his mom to go pick her up after the concert at the Civic Auditorium. I feel like that happened a couple times. Like they were this is like 83, 84, something like that. And probably uh, probably post 84 after they put out a record. Yeah, I'm just thinking of how how young I was and it wouldn't have made sense after like 83 uh that we would be anyway. Right. Okay. Um so so, maybe they were just prepping maybe I mean they were uh, I don't I don't know whether they were they touring. They were touring around. Yeah, I, maybe. You know, sure. I read both the Flea and Anthony autobiographies have you read those yet i i haven't read them um i am probably going to leave those to you to uh uh for you to pop in and uh They're, sort of shoulder uh, a little bit of the burden here in the uh, biographical history they're both pretty good like they're both really entertaining and and uh and fun i just listen i listen to them actually um so yeah like you said it's sort of they're sort of like a band that that you feel like you're going to get some eye rolls when you, if you admit that you like them, which is kind of a weird thing because they're, they have great, they have some great records, but some people just really hate them. And you get the feeling like it is in, you know, it's like not cool to like them. Um, but only if you're like thinking about, like you said, like pitchfork stereo gum or kind of, music people so there are there are certain things in these records that we'll be going through and we and look if you've never heard one of our previous uh shows we're going to be going through every album here and talking about uh every single one and and there will not be anything um left uncovered no stone left unturned when it comes to the red hot chili peppers we're going to talk about it all there will be no need for you to read anthony kitty's book or fleek's book uh we're going to cover all of it here um, so by the That's end right. of listening to this series of shows, you will know everything there is to know about the, I mean, look, we've already talked about them so much up to this point. Yeah. You know, we've covered just about everything already. So we've covered 95%. I, I would say though, we were, we were kind of thinking about uh, another band to do if we did another podcast. And when John Frusciante rejoined the group just a few months ago, it was I exciting. Got, I got so excited that I was, it occurred to me like, maybe these are the guys we should do a, a podcast about. And you were like, yeah, you, I think you said you had even thought about it before. Like we were both sort of on the same page about it. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but I will say that, uh, that I'm excited. Wait, so is the, are you saying this is a purely... Uh, my creation thinking of this band. Oh, no, no, no. We, no, we go 50, 50 on this. Don't try to take my fucking money. Yeah. No money. Always right down the middle, right down the middle. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I take a little off the top, but sir, sure. I wet my beak before yeah, it gets yeah, to yeah. you. You, you know what I mean? A little bit. But, sure. uh, but after that 50, 50, listen, I know what I'm getting into here. <laughs> um, but no, we are, but we're, we're approaching the show, uh, probably, some of the songs we hear, we will not be 
great in hindsight uh, now, but uh, uh, we're approaching it as fans. That's right. And these first few albums, I actually don't know that well. I think Mother's Milk On, I know quite well. Right. I listened to all of these. Uh, We'll talk about when we first heard them. But look, we do have to take a break before we really roll up our sleeves and uh, just jam our elbows into this elbows first like always 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 so we are going to come right back with more uh adam and i are gonna go we're gonna be talking about their first two albums and the creation and formation of the band uh we will be right back with more are you talking rhcp remi after this we'll be right back BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know what those instruments mean. It could only be one band. That's right, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Welcome back. When you hear that combination of instruments, guitar, drums, bass, it can only be one band. Oh, yeah. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I figured that's who you were talking about. Yeah. Um, welcome back to Are You Talking RHCP Remi. Uh, Adam and I are here, and uh, we're talking about the Chili Peppers. And uh, let's talk about them. Let's first of all talk about the uh, formation of the band. Yeah, we're talking. Uh, four guys are in high school, uh, Fairfax High, not too far away from where we are recording right now. Uh, and uh, four guys. You got uh, the aforementioned Fleek and Anthony Kitties, and then you also have. On guitar, you have Hillel Slovak. And on drums, you have uh, Jack Irons. Yeah, Jack Irons is incredible. And now, uh, and for years, uh, of Pearl Jam Jam, fame. So those four guys started this band uh, as a joke, I believe, in high school. What were they called originally? They were called... uh, Oh, when they were like improvising on stage? Yeah. Tony Flo and the Miraculously Majestic Masters of Mayhem. Yeah, they were just like punk rock skater kids. And uh, and they all just sort of found each other at Fairfax High and started fucking around and, and playing Fleek, music. Uh, you read his autobiography. He's he He's kind of started out as the musical, kind of the real musical genius in the in the band. Did he not? 
What's his background? Yeah, and he was he was primarily focused on, if I remember correctly, on jazz and kind of saw rock music as kind of you know he's kind of looked down his nose at rock music and thought it was dumb. But then punk rock came along and that really struck a chord with him, and and then he of course discovered funk and and all of this was happening as he kind of met these other guys and they all were interested in the same same music and skateboarding and smoking pot and they just all kind of you know blended together into this uh into this little era and this little like musical community and they were really young like you said they were in high school they're in high school were were they in high school when they started tour like playing they, or just playing around so los what, angeles what essentially happened was they they played a uh, from what i can understand from what i've read they played a uh, a, a gig where they just kind of improvised and uh right and anthony kitty's um like improvised raps and stuff like that over it and uh Jack Irons and Hillel were both in uh, d- a different band that they thought was going to be more popular. Oh yeah! So they were like, uh, "We're we're not in this band." But then they got booked for the next week uh, at the same place. Apparently, it went well. Although I I cannot imagine improvising raps over <laughs> that it was that, that it was great. any good. But um, but this is right at the kind of. Not the dawn, but it was early in the years of hip hop, at least to mainstream yes. audiences. So people were just like, whoa, what's this guy doing? <laughs> so um, they got asked back. And then um, so they they started, you know, they were they were the founding members. Um, now, it goes a little while. They get a record deal and um, Hillel Slovak. And Jack Irons bow out, and they're no longer in yeah, the band. Yeah, because they're in they're in what is this? Which at the time in L.A. they were getting kind of big, and and everyone thought they were going to be like this big deal, right? Um, no, they were not a big deal, and uh, hardly anyone's ever heard of them now. But uh, those guys departed, and uh, so for the first, they they get a a record deal, and we're going to listen to the songs on this. Uh, and, uh, the self-titled debut Red Hot Chili Peppers has, uh, a guy by the name of Jack Sherman is playing guitar. Yeah. Now, Jack Sherman, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page here and I, he, he doesn't, doesn't really have a lot on his Wikipedia page. And he also was not inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame along with everyone else. Like the red, oh, that sucks. When the Red Hot Chili Peppers were inducted, like anyone who, practically who had ever played on a record as a Red Hot Chili Pepper got inducted. Uh, Cliff Martinez, who's on drums he, for the first two records, he's inducted. And I, I was like, Cliff Martinez? He was in the Chili... I didn't even remember he was in the Chili Peppers. Yeah, I didn't know that either till one of the two books i read i was like whoa because i love his his he's scores yeah he's he uh he scores a lot of modern films and big fan a lot of uh, soderbergh films including yeah. contagion and stuff and i i have a lot of his scores his film scores and i was like he was in the chili peppers yeah he's been doing S- soderbergh stuff since the first movie too yeah. he's been he's like been doing it a while so in any case uh uh jack sherman He's out of luck. He he uh, thought it was very unfair and that he deserved to be inducted. 
Um, but I guess maybe he's only on the one album. But then again, like uh, Dave Navarro is only on the one album too. So oh, he was no, not. He was. He was not, not inducted. inducted. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think anyone who is an official member and plays on a record, you should induct. But in any case, I agree. I think that's totally shitty yeah so in any case the lineup we have cliff martinez on drums uh jack sherman on guitar and uh, this is uh yeah you want to hear we, we of course heard uh truman uh don't kill coyotes coyotes uh that's kind of the classic sound at the time with like a lot of slap and bass and then uh like macho rapping yeah let's let's hear uh the rest or just like yeah Here's track two. Into it. Let's dip in a little. Here's track two. This is called Baby Appeal. (laughs) So you get it. Yeah, you know, also Andy Gill is from the Gang of Four. Of this yeah, album, so uh, Andy which Gill is a really weird choice. Well, I, I kind of get it because okay, there had there really was never a band like the Red Hot Chili Peppers up to this point. So they hear yeah. maybe the guitar sounds and they're like, well, Gang of Four kind of had a post-punk incorporated some elements of funk into that so it kind of makes sense as a producer maybe but he i think was trying to push it into a gang of four kind of area and yeah this like really reverby yeah todd glass sound doesn't really suit them (laughs) todd glass from our uh, from our other show stained glass of course yeah sorry from stained glass fame um it doesn't really suit that I, I feel like when they're it's like the George Clinton one, the next album, it's a little better because the bass is brought up a bit more. So you want to skip this record? <laughs> well, no, but I'm just saying like this one. Let's hear a little bit more. Weird. Yeah, and the guitarist just isn't a lot of reverb on the guitar. But you you can just tell this guitarist Jack Sherman is just not the right guy. I mean, look, if you're listening, Jack, we're sorry. We don't want to talk shit about your guitar playing. I is better than I could do. Yeah. Oh, he's way better than you could do. He's about as good as I you feel can do. like. I feel like he's obviously good at playing guitar it just doesn't sound like he's in the right band well it's also the way it's recorded a little bit one story yes. that i read was they and they did not get along with andy gill by the way no by the end of the process they hated him um they they took andy gill's notebooks when he stepped out of the room and they looked um at his notes for the record and and right by the the title of the song police helicopter which we'll hear a little bit of it he just wrote one word which was shit <laughs> and and they they and as Anthony that's hilarious as Anthony Kiddis says he was like well that that song is is everything the Red Hot Chili Peppers wanted to be so why would you say it was shit let's hear a little bit of that this is Police Helicopter
Yeah, this sounds pretty like early chili peppersy. I mean, I can only imagine if you're Andy Gill and you're part of Gang of Four, pretty cool band. Yeah. Like, oh, the critical yeah. consensus is, you know, you were doing something pretty on point. And then you got to hang out with these shirtless guys. For, I know. For these, months. like, animals. <laughs> um, and out Amph- in L.A. is kind of a classic early song, right? Let's hear a little out in L.A. The first of uh, many, many songs, Odes to Los Angeles, which, by the way, I didn't realize. They sing a lot about Los Angeles. Do you know where we're recording right now? Los Angeles. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Um, they did a cover of Why Don't You Love Me Like You Used To Do, which I used to like listening to. Let's hear a little bit of that. This is so of the time. Although they were creating this style in a way. I mean, sure. it has elements of other stuff like Bad Brains and... Yeah. Um, and the punk rock, especially in that police helicopter song, you could hear the descendants and some of the punk rock at the time, kind of Dead Kennedys sort of seeping in there a bit. So they are creating this style. I remember it was when when this came out, I didn't get this right when it came out. I, the first record I got by them was the Uplift Mofo Party Plan in 1987. And then I went back and got right. these two. Um, but I do remember they were unlike any other band. I mean, that that style of like, oh, yeah. you know, punk meets that the funky, funky bass. Funky, funky. Funky bass. Was, Is this this yeah. songwriting which ends up being central to their success i think not there yet really yeah not quite there yet and maybe uh uh, the lineup had something to do with that um yes it's uh let's hear a little bit of uh, mommy where's daddy i remember enjoying that song let's hear a little bit of that see how that holds up (laughs) what about that out in la demo i wonder what that sounds like it sounds like uh out in la but shittier Oh, cool. I remember liking this song because it's a little, it's not in that aggressive kind of space. It's a little more like of a funk song. By the way, uh, Fleek, uh, you know, also great trumpet player. Yeah. Although he's not playing here. Yeah, I think he was uh, mainly a horn player when he started. When he was a kid, he played trumpet. He, um, he, by the way, we should talk about this band's um, connections. Probably one of the reasons that I got into them and 
liked them was their connection to uh, another L.A. band, Fishbone. Yeah. I was a big Fishbone fan. Um, me and my friends. Uh, I remember seeing Fishbone. The first time I saw Fishbone was in 1985 at a place called Fenders in, Los, uh, in uh, Long Beach. And uh, a band called No Doubt opened for them. And it was uh, their second singer, Gwen Stefani's first show. And um, they opened for Fishbone, and we were like, mm-hmm. I mean, I like I like ska music, but uh, we weren't incredibly impressed with her. But um, yeah, but Fishbone, we we my friends and I would go see them all the time, and oh, uh, they were a huge deal. And so the fact that Red Hot Chili Peppers and Fishbone both incorporated punk and funk into yeah. their rock music uh, was was very important at the time. That said, listening to their debut, again, I hadn't heard it in, um, we listened to it for the show, I hadn't heard it in a few years previous to this. It's, uh, you know, it's I, I have memories associated with it, but I wouldn't call it like a good album necessarily. No, not really. They're just, it was actually pretty successful though. I mean, for like a super weird new kind of melding of music it's what it sold like 300,000 copies which it's not that's did not it sell that for, at the time or just in retrospect i have no idea but it was like played on mtv and stuff yeah. like it was minorly successful and they toured and they kind of became they were like apparently just they from even before they made records right when they started playing they started filling filling these venues small venues but they were like popular right away because they were so weird right yeah i mean they had a they they had a lot going for them to call attention to them their yeah. name the fact that anthony kiddies is uh, you know essentially a, a like could could have been a model um and was shirtless and had like you know well i don't want to the ladies like him i don't i don't, don't want to judge his body that's not what this show is all about but I mean, it's not on a scale of one to 10. It's a fucking 10. Oh, yeah. It's terrific, terrific physique. Um, and I, I I do have to say, like, I would look at them and their videos and go like, yeah, how much how much of the day does he spend working out? Does he talk about that in his book? No, I don't think I don't think. No. Is it and just I wonder if it if it's that or if it's just them just always running around and being and then also maniacs. being on heroin i don't you know i but i <laughs> i got a sense though when you look at him cuz i had a friend that i went to college with who had a body like that right just like yeah. total six pack abs big muscles right and i said to him once and we were we were in theater school where we had to be there either at 7am or at 8am yeah. i think it was 8am we had to be there at 8 a.m. And we had to be there until 11 p.m., right? Right. And I said to him once, like, so how how often and, and for how long do you work out? Expecting, like, it can't be that, I mean, it can't be that much. You know, and I'm yeah. th- I'm thinking in my mind, like, well, maybe I maybe I could do this. And he said, Yeah, uh, it's every day, like two hours a day. Yeah. I was like, what? Before school every day? You were he's like, yeah, I just get up really early and then I go into the gym for two hours a day. I'm like, it's how is anyone supposed to achieve that and still be good at what they do? Some people 
get into the habit of doing that like as kids like or like he's you guys you ever see those young, really like, muscular kids yeah like toddlers they they start lifting they start lifting tonka trucks above their heads yeah it's pretty amazing there are those like ripped little kids on youtube it's so weird <laughs> it's really weird. i love it <laughs> um in any case i i mistrusted uh, uh the band because of that um because of 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 their shirtless antics but um they they really were uh creating something new so you got to give them credit for that yeah for sure um look we need to take another break before we get to their second album how's that sound sounds great um so we're gonna come right back we're gonna be talking more about this band right here if you want to hear more of this come on back <laughs> oh, remember that songwriting that you said uh, they got good at yeah, this is from a later album <laughs> we'll be right back with more are you talking rhcp Remi? we'll be right back bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back. Are you talking RHCP or me? Uh, Adam Scott and I going through the discography of LA's finest, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And uh, we didn't spend a lot of time on um, that first record, and uh, we're probably not going to spend a ton of time on this one, but uh, we're going to talk about, yeah, what do you, you, you have something to say? You know, I will say, like, we were saying, like, people like it's not always in sometimes it's like you feel like you should be embarrassed to like be a fan of the band i will say sometimes it is embarrassing <laughs> being a fan of the band like through the years now it's been like 20 years since they started like them sometimes they're they do like i remember when the dave navarro phase i've liked them for now 30 33-ish years. And how many times have they gone into a phase where you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, you guys? It's, you know what it is, is like, I would say up to, through Blood Sugar, it was exciting when a new record came out and you could listen to it and, and play it for your friends and everyone would be like, fuck yeah, this is good. And then around the Dave Navarro phase after that it became a little like embarrassing in the in the sense of like you could no longer put it on and everyone be super excited about it unless it was yeah one of their big big hits you know that yeah anyway so it's more of an in retrospect thing you know like if you go back now and listen to the records there's plenty that you kind of like go eh, i don't know well yeah but also like now i'm of an age where i'm not embarrassed about liking anything because who gives a shit but you're i mean also, you're about to die we we haven't yeah, we haven't very, told the listeners this that I'm in my late 80s. Yeah, well we uh, you wanted to do the show and this is sort of like your last request. So I'm just humoring That's right. it. That's right. <laughs> you don't you've never even thought about this band. <laughs> 
All right, well, let's talk about their next record. This is uh, this came out in 1985 uh, in a little month that I like to call the dog days of August. And this is a record called Freaky Styly. Freaky Styly. Now, let's talk about... I remember this being a big deal. I did not... I remember this not being a big deal. Weirdly enough, this yeah. one flew totally under the radar. I saw that True, True Men uh, Don't Kill Coyotes video, and then I did not hear about the Chili Peppers again until Uplift Mofo. I think this one kind of just, there wasn't even really a single that anyone played or a video that I ever saw. Maybe it was because I it was in the record collection of my friend's sister or oh, something. That I, okay. Maybe it wasn't a big deal. I was just, because that record cover is pretty great and it's hard to forget. But anyway, this is a George Clinton one, right? Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about what happened since the previous record. Um, the self-titled, First record came out. Uh, they did not like working with Andy Gill. Um, and then uh, Jack Sherman, after the tour, was fired. Right. And uh, Cliff Martinez is still with us. But uh, Hello Slovak, he's tired of playing with What Is This? And so much to everyone's surprise, he's like, hey, why don't I join the Chili Peppers again? And everyone's like, Fuck yeah! Yeah, what is this was sort of just not really... Not happening. Achieving I, liftoff. I couldn't even name any of their songs. Do you know any of their songs? No, I do not. Yeah. So they were looking for uh, a new producer. They did not like Andy Gill from Gang of Four. The first producer the band worked with was Malcolm McLaren, the great Malcolm McLaren. Oh, right. Who, Crazy. you know, Sex Pistols, Adam and the Ants, Bow Wow Wow, uh, you know, so as great. well as his solo stuff. But he's one of those, like, impresario types who wants to create it. And so yeah. Malcolm McLaren gets a hold of him and he says, okay, what I want you guys to do is change your whole style and play, like, 1950s, rock and roll, like, doo stuff. <laughs> and then make Anthony Kitties like this, like a Fonzie-type central character. <laughs> yeah. It's so hilarious. <laughs> and they were like, uh, no. <laughs> no, thank you. So they're trying to come up with someone that can produce the record. And um, because a lot of people compared them to Parliament Funkadelic... They said, hey, what if we work with George Clinton, of course, the yeah. uh, impresario behind Parliament Funkadelic. Uh, and this is whose records they were so influenced so by, influenced obviously, by, if you hear their yes. first album. And so, basically, George Clinton is paid uh, 25 grand to produce the record, and they move to just outside of Detroit, where a lot of the P-Funk players are, and George Clinton has a house. Jack Sherman, before he left the band, he wrote most of these songs with uh, the guys. So he he pops up in the writing oh, credits. Right? Yeah. But George Clinton wants them to move to outside of Detroit um, so that they can write new stuff and spend a month together before they get into the studio, right? So they move into George Clinton's house. Immediately, Anthony Kitties is going through heroin withdrawal. Because he is constantly taking heroin out in L.A. And now he has no heroin out in Detroit. Um, so he's just sick for the first week, essentially, that they're supposed to be working, just throwing up. And yeah. But they all start taking cocaine and then uh, he levels off <laughs> and he starts feeling better. 
So then they take massive, massive amounts of cocaine, which if you look at their uh, Wikipedia, uh, it says the band and Clinton began using copious amounts of cocaine together, which had a negative effect on the band's overall health. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a a fun little tip, a little factoid on their Wikipedia page. But when... Funny how that happens. (laughs) But when Anthony uh, records his vocals, he decides to abstain from cocaine for those two weeks. So he can uh, get some clear takes um, of his, uh, of his, his vocals. So at the end result, we have freaky styley, which is, um, I have a lot of fondness for this record. This is the most P funk sounding record that they, that they did. Yeah, for sure. Cliff Martinez still uh, slapping the skins behind them. Uh, we also have some P funk all-stars from, uh, Fred Wesley and Maceo um, on some horns. And uh, we have uh, Bruce Nazarian mixed some of it. He uh, he played with P-Funk. Anyway, so let's hear it. You want to hear some of this, Adam? What do you say? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. All right, this is, the first track is Jungle Man. so much better. still in their wheelhouse of like laying down a, a funk bass line with some rapping yeah it's still it's funny because it's it's better they they sound more comfortable or in their element or something but it still feels loose doesn't feel like really pulled together and it's a little reverby will reverby yes also of the time everything had reverb on it and the songs it's not really a this song is not incredible well-written song yeah really it's so what's interesting about this record is the first side of it is like five songs and they're all you know kind of normal song length between three and a half to five minutes and then the back yeah. half of the album is all like little shorty songs, like 30 seconds or one minute. So it's almost like Just filler. Ha- yeah, it's like half of a good record. But um, the next song, track two, why don't we hear that? This is a cover of a song by The Meters. I guess uh, Fleek really liked The Meters and wanted to do one of their songs. And so George Clinton said, hey, what if you take their song Africa and make it about your Africa, which is Hollywood, and change the name to Hollywood? So... Uh, this uh, I uh, I actually really like this song. Let's hear a little bit of it. This is Hollywood and on cocaine. That sounds like the best <laughs> idea in the world. <laughs> here maceo fred wesley who played with james brown I want to go as fast 
See, they have like this great song structure and they flourish. Yeah. Plus, this is this is this is what I like about P Funk too. Just you know, laying down this groove. Yeah. And just laying into it and, and, and having the horns come in. Yes. Yeah, and you can see like in 1985 having this playing. It doesn't sound like anything else. This is kind of great. Like, what is this? It's certainly unique. So that's a... I, I chalk that up in the W column. The What's that? The W column? That's... Uh, yeah. Do you know George W. Bush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot like him. You know, mission accomplished. Oh, okay. Like st- stuff that, that he would like. Yeah. It's him on that helicarrier just saying, like, we did it. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, all right, this is the third track three, American Ghost Dance. This, uh, I don't know, we'll see. Here we go. I do like the horns. There they are. Uh, Native American imagery here. Sure. Didn't he have a? Does he have a tattoo with like a Native American thing on it? Who knows? I think there's some uh, maybe some family. I know there's a tattoo. You know, I feel like I've had enough of this song. Sure. Me too. If you want me to stay, that's a uh, sly in the family. Obviously, a cover. Yeah, sly in the family stone. Although one of my favorite songs on the record, again, uh, taking a really great song. Yeah. Uh, and doing it their way turns out to be successful for them. I did not know this was a Sly and the Family Stone song when I got the record, uh-huh. so I just thought it was one of theirs for a while. Did, was this a single they put out, I would imagine? I think the singles for this, like technically the singles were, were that first song we heard, Jungle Man. Uh, and, oh then, boy, uh, really? and then Hollywood uh, was also a single. Um... Catholic schoolgirls rule also had a video. I remember that yeah. video. I think being on like 120 minutes or something. If that existed back then, maybe. I do like this. Yeah. Plus, it's him actually leaning a little more into the singing, which I think he was probably a little uncomfortable straight singing for a while. Yeah, maybe. I had a friend uh, that I was in a band with who was sort of like that. Like, he, he, you know, he was like, oh, I'm not a good singer, but he punk sang. And I was just like, you're you're singing. Uh-huh. You're just, you know, um, you're good at singing. It's just take off the, like, shouting kind of element to it, and you'll be singing normally. Um, right. This is Nevermind. Not Nirvana's Nevermind. I'm in the middle of June. Uh-oh. I'm in the summer of 59. I was Whoa. young and cool. You shot a bad game of poo, and I hustled all the mm. chips like a thine. Now they call me the swan because I weighed my magic wand and I loved all the women to death. I partied hard, packed a mean rod, and I knocked you out with a right or left. Hard to see George Clinton letting that slip through quality control. Yes, he did, though. (laughs) Again, cocaine. (laughs) 
This song is pretty much just like that. Pretty pretty standard Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, and then you have the titular Freaky Styly, which uh, I remember being pretty good. There's a long nine-minute version of it on the reissue, by the way, which is... Oof. Uh, I, I like it because it's just like the instrumental section over and over with them playing. But uh, I, I do... This is a, a kind of a P-Funky track here. Eventually, he does start singing. For all of you uh, Anthony Kitties fans, uh, don't worry. He gets in there. Yeah, that sounds cool, actually. Um, what do you think about uh, uh, side two? You want to skim through these? or? Uh... Yeah, well, Black Eyed Blonde was, they played it in a movie, didn't they? That was on... Uh, Did they play it in a movie? Did they uh, uh, thrashing? Yes, yeah, Thrashin' yeah, yeah. with Josh Brolin. That's right. right. Let's hear a little bit of, from the soundtrack to Thrashin', this is Black Eyed Blonde. <laughs> You know, a lot of this does sound just like kind of standard Chili Peppers fare. I mean, this is what they did. It, it was more like, it, it was a little more interesting when they would do something like, If You Want Me to Stay, or Yurtle the, yeah, Yurtle yeah. the Turtle, which is the last song, which is really good. Um, that was always like the, the kind of promise of like, hey, if you listen to this band, you're not just like, just a dumb long kid <laughs> they also do some interesting things right. on the record um like I, I yeah naomi last night was telling me like yurtle the turtle as you know like a 12 13 year old or 11 year old at this point like that was cool and weird that they have a song called and funny like which was a dr yeah, dr seuss too, you know? reference yeah and they use a lot of dr seuss stuff in it let's hear a little bit of catholic schoolgirls rule because that was kind of a classic one uh, yeah. That I think was on, was it on the Abbey Road EP? I can't remember, but... Uh, I don't remember. Let's hear a little bit of that. Yeah, this was on the Abbey Road EP. When this came out, I liked it. I th this is the kind of song I think in my high school band that we would have played. Totally. Kind of punk, uh, kind of alluding to sex. And, you know, when I was 17, this was the kind of thing that was pretty cool. Now, bear in mind, yeah, and these guys are almost 30. And in uh, 1985, saying stuff about like, 
Catholic schoolgirls was like, whoa, wait, they're really going there. Well, that was the thing. You could get played on K-Rock if you had an interesting title of a song. So Sparks, I remember, would do that all the time, where it was like, I have angst in my pants. That was right. a guaranteed ad on K-Rock because, right. you know, it was about, it was about sex or all you ever think about is sex. That was another Spark song that you knew they were going to play because it was about sex. It was kind of clever and no yeah. one else would play it in, in regular rock radio. Let's hear a little song by the name of Sex Rap. <laughs> Here we go. All right. <laughs> that was I get that it. was sex rap. <laughs> Again. <laughs> While you're racking up another line. You you hear yourself saying some stuff like, "Hey, let's just call it sex rap." <laughs> Do you think anyone's going to listen to episode two of the show? <laughs> I don't know. Let's hear. We talked about it. Yurtle the turtle. This was uh, this is probably their best original on the record, um, and features uh, George Clinton's uh, drug dealer uh, has a lot of spoken uh, words on this. Because I think he wa- I'm sure he does. He wanted George Clinton to pay him or something, and George said he couldn't pay him, uh, so instead gave him some lines on the record. That's right. So uh, I'm remembering some of these stories from their books. Let's hear Yurtle the Turtle, Dr. Seuss inspired. Here it is. Look at that turtle go, this is him. Bro. <laughs> I'm a Bowie Island of a nice little pawn, it was clean, it was neat. The walk, it was warm, there was a plenty to eat. Until one day, the king of the mall decided the cage, and he was rules too small. I'm a ruler, uh, all that I see, but I don't see enough, and that's a trouble with me. Again, those peep on corns can't get better than them. In the outro, because I think the outro is So this is the kind of song where, okay, so I'm really into Fishbone at the time. Right. This is the kind of song that Fishbone would play and would blow your mind and like Angelo, the lead singer of Fishbone, would be stage diving and have people taking him all around the club. And this, I mean, this is the right. this is the kind of stuff I liked back then. 
You know, I helped Angelo move a couch once. Really? Did you? I feel like we talked about this on the show, but let's... Uh... Oh. But I want to hear the story again. That's essentially the whole story, Scott. It doesn't go much further than that. I was, I was uh, doing kind of almost janitorial work for this acting studio so I could get free acting classes. And why didn't in the uh, same you have, building? I mean, if you'd moved all the why didn't they work? Yeah, why didn't they I work? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going coming arriving one day, and and he was struggling trying to drag a couch up some stairs. And I helped him uh, bring him up the stairs. And you knew who he and, was. Oh, yeah. But I didn't say anything. I would see him around. I was yeah. pretty excited. I would see him walking down the street. Mainly, I remember one time, uh, La Brea in Hollywood. I saw him just walking down the street with a cane. I was like, there he is. That dude's cool. Yeah. Do they still play sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, the a lot of the members, there's actually a documentary about them, which is really interesting, which... Um, huh. I mean, they kidnapped their guitar player. All sorts of weird shit went down. Um, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> he was in a cult or something. I mean, so they they barely have any of the same members. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe two of the guys were the same from back then. But man, I tell you, when we saw them between 85 and... Um, I think I even saw them in 2000-ish play a benefit that my friends in the Vandals played. And a lot of the comedians that uh i'd befriended uh -huh. i'd start doing comedy in 95 i was like stick around for fishbone they're really really good guys and they were all sort of like snippy and you know like uh sure and then right. they all stayed and were and afterwards they were like wow you were right they're fucking amazing yeah they've had some reunion shows here and there it's just kind of a bummer they were never they never got the just massive success they totally they never got deserved. the massive success that the chili pepper pippers pe what is it? Pippers, yeah. The Chili Pippers or the or Jane's Addiction, like those those guys. Right. The guys from Fishbone play along with Flea play play horns on Jane's Addictions. Nothing shocking. They were all in that and Thelonious Monster, which by the way, yep. Thelonious Monster. I don't think we've talked about this, or maybe we have. The probably the biggest band that I ever opened for. Oh, did you really? I opened for Thelonious Monster once up in San Luis Obispo, and uh, nice guys. And hung out with them a bit. Uh, met Bob Forrest, cool. and uh, uh, yeah, was, I was, he's a big supporter of the yes. of uh, th and plays with them quite. Yes, a bit. I was fucking stoked to open for them. Yeah, I bet. Um, especially because it was me and my friend just doing like acoustic punk songs, <laughs> essentially right, like right. Proclaimer style, but like punk type stuff. Um, like whimsical versions of punk songs. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> it was basically like hearing the Friends theme. That's basically, that was our right. style of music. Um, let's hear one last song. This was a kind of a B-side recorded around the same time, but I, I liked this song because it was on one of their EPs that came out um, circa 1989. This is Millionaires Against Hunger. This is on the Taste the Pain single, I believe, which is why I got it originally. It's a lot of that, like, this early Chili Pepper stuff, it's a lot of that, like, I'm doing this and I'm here to say and I'm going away. I wish more raps would start with, my name is this and I'm here to say, then one other thing and then now I'm going away. And then they just leave the stage. That's it. That's it. 
You're done. It's over. Um, so look, they're for, we felt we had to cover them. I, I certainly have a lot of memories wrapped up in these, but they're they're not albums that I would necessarily. Seventy five percent of these songs I would not listen to for pleasure any longer. Right, and I think uh, you mentioned his, Anthony's Kiedis's drug use, and that's a huge part of these early years and th- this record in particular. Like you said, we've just kind of glossed really struggling over it. But yeah, uh, I mean, uh, Hillel obviously in our next episode. With the record we're going to cover, uh, that's his final record with them because he yeah. passed away after that. So, I mean, these guys are all like L.A. punk skater kids who are doing a lot of drugs and uh, addicted yeah. and struggling for most of it. Yeah. But they love music. Hugely. And they love each other. And close friends, like really close, good buddies. I remember and, them kissing uh, a lot back in the day. Like, and they were always like... I will say, okay, here's the thing. They're always kissing to get, like, be sort of provocative about it. Like, hey, we're such good friends. We kiss. And, but then they also, anytime people would bring it up in an interview, like, are you afraid people are going to think you're gay? They would also, they would always be like, who cares? You know, they would all, yeah. always be like, you know, who cares what people think? Um, That's one of the interesting things, genuinely interesting things about this band. One of the reasons I think they're, fascinating is that they have this very fratty like kind of reputation people think of them as this fret and and audience and, and, too. and earned as well in the sense of you know that's a reason why um you know one of the members that we'll get to down the road like eventually leaves is you know he he's just flying on heroin and thinks he can do anything to anyone you know, and they're constantly getting laid and it's just, it's very rock and roll. But, uh, I, I do, I do think that's one of the reasons why people have a thing against them is, is especially these early records. There's not a lot of sensitivity, although in interviews, I do remember them all being like, you know, very love friendship oriented guys. Yeah. There's a very hippie California vibe to it as well and like you said this they've you know from the start this very kind of anti-homophobia um, yes. stance which you know in these early you know these eight in the 80s in these early days it wasn't exactly i mean it was i mean look the- hugely homophobic uh culture in america uh let's do a little math how many songs about la have we heard on these so first far? Two okay so we have out in la on the first record. Yeah. And we have Hollywood on the second record. There's Walking Down the Road. Oh, wait. No, I'm ta- I'm looking at uh, Uplift. Okay. So we have two two songs about LA in their title. So we're, let's keep okay. let's keep a count as, okay, as we so go. So that's two so far, and that's two albums. One per album I feel so like far. there might be more coming up in their discography. I think... Th- I don't really remember. I haven't listened to these records in a long time, but I think they sing about LA a little bit. Uh, at some point on one of their records. And also California from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I guess L.A., if, you, if, you're, if you're singing about L.A., you're probably singing about California, definitely. Uh, perhaps. 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 Um, anything else we want to talk about uh, re- regarding this band uh, currently? I don't think so. I'm I'm looking forward to this uh, taking this uh, journey with you, Scott. A musical and journey. It's going to be a journey. A musical journey. The Red Hot Chili Peppers a- dare to ask the musical question: Red Hot Chili Peppers? 
And they That's right. answer it by saying yes. And there is a certain point where they drop the from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Have you noticed that? I mean, look, it certainly doesn't happen in the first three records. No. But we probably will get there at some point. Do you think Justin Timberlake said to them, drop the the, <laughs> just Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's cleaner. You know what's cooler than a million albums? Doing just 11. <laughs> just 11 They were going to do a million albums <laughs> when they first started. That was the original plan. The original yeah, goal was put I'm out. Glad Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Thank talked God he got a hold of them. Um, all right. Well, we are. that's going to do it for us on this episode. We are going to... Uh, Give it away back to uh, uh, your your personal life where you can do anything now. <laughs> uh, are you talking to the audience? Yes. <laughs> you can do anything with your life right now uh, because this is going to be over. And as we take this journey, uh, we Scott and I get more and more into the music as the personal yes, moves on. These two records, uh, we have the only personal connection we have to them is we got them in retrospect. We didn't buy them when they first came That's out. Right. And we're never like super into them. But I can tell but. you, uh, I do have some stories when it comes to these guys of the personal nature. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to hype that. Wait. Just going to hype that. All right. So that's going to. Oh, I do too, actually. I have a couple. Oh, cool. Well, if they're as good as that uh, helping Angela with a couch up the stairs, then the listeners are in or for. Or the Michael McKean saga. <laughs> yeah, the listeners are in for. A lot like what you gave to your dogs just yesterday, a treat. A-T-R-E-E-T. <laughs> that's right. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we are going to see you next time. Um, I want to thank our fans and uh, everyone who is um, undoubtedly going to go through this journey with us, either uh, uh, regretfully or enthusiastically. Um, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time on the show. And also, should we also... Uh yeah, just have a quick shout out to anyone that's not feeling so hot and anyone that's taking care of those that aren't feeling so hot. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Until next time, we hope you found what you're looking for. I am just a lousy bum searching for the unknown crumb, the crumb, the crumb. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.